Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of your screen. And then every time I upload a new show, you will be notified in your inbox. And that is the only email you'll receive. We are doing part seven, number seven of our predictions for 2011. And it's my pleasure and privilege to welcome back to the show Ian Gordon. He's also known as the long wave analyst. Ian is a, a veteran of the financial markets, born into a military family. And, and he made it his uh, unique selling point, if you like, to study uh, what he calls the long wave cycle, the Kondratiev cycle, uh, which I'm sure all of you listeners are already aware of and you're also probably aware of the fact that uh, we're headed into bleak midwinter ian welcome back to the show happy 2011 is, is there any end of winter inside in, in, in this year or is it things going to get even gloomier well not gloomier uh, a lot more snow and a lot colder um force <laughs> winds i think this is going to be an absolutely horrific year dominic Oh, crikey, why? Well, you know, again, going back to my work, you know, it takes us back. The The previous Congratiev winter was the 1930s. And so we're back in the 1930s. And I think I can see tremendously uh, close parallels with 1931. And um, 1931 has been called by uh, people as the tragic year. And actually, 1931 works very well with 2011 because it's 80 years uh, since 1931. And again, using GAN numbers, that's four times 20. Uh, 20 years was one of the great GAN cycles. And uh, so I think that uh, 19 or 2011 is going to basically parallel 1931. And uh, what was the what was the what was the situation? What was the trade of 1931? 1931 was the beginnings of the collapse of the world monetary system. And uh, that started really with the failure of an Austrian bank, the Credit Anst Bank, which uh, everybody tried to bail out, J.P. Morgan, the um, New York Federal Reserve, uh, the Bank of England. Uh, everybody wanted to bail it out. And uh, the reason for that being uh, was because uh, particularly the U.S. banks had had lent copious amounts of money into Germany and Austria uh, in the late 20s, and uh, they knew that if this Austrian bank failed, probably everything would start to fail, and, and it would put huge pressure on their banks that had all these loans on their books. So they all tried to bail it out. Uh, they failed. The Austrian government tried to bail it out. It failed, and in fact, that failure brought down the Austrian government, bankrupted the Austrian government, and we can see the parallels quite closely with what's occurring in, in Europe today. 
and uh, Austria left the gold standard system, followed fairly closely by Germany. Uh, and that really happened May 1931. So looking at the parallels we see, uh, I would say that the um, we're going to see uh, a failure or uh, uh, a European uh, country is going to opt out of the euro uh, this year, essentially declaring a bankruptcy, defaulting on its debt. And uh, that would be akin to Austria basically opting off the gold standard in 19. 19- uh, 31, and when that happens, the whole thing starts to unravel, as it did in the 30s, and uh, the euro will unravel. Um, and I, I think the country that's probably most likely to do that is Ireland. Um, probably going to get a new government in Ireland that's going to have to vet what, really what the this current government has done to the Irish people. They basically bailed out not only their own banks but all the other banks that have all this uh, debt paper on their books, Irish debt paper on their books. So I think it, it possibly could happen in Ireland. Uh, it doesn't have to happen there, but someone is going to say enough is enough. We're not we're not going to play the European game. We're not going to play Germany's game. We're going to have to get out of the euro and uh, basically default on our debt. And um, do you think that'll trigger a, a, another if 2008 was this kind of sequence of dominoes falling that led to a liquidity crisis, do you think we'll get another liquidity crisis or are we going to get uh, more of a kind of grinding downwards this time around? I think, you know, I, I think once the euro starts to unravel, I mean, it's going to basically put uh, tremendous pressure on the European banks. I mean, because they've got all this debt paper on their books. And I'm pretty sure that's one of the reasons that Germany and, and France are so interested in trying to save these countries from, from leaving the euro because they know that their banks will be put in jeopardy, the German and the French banks will be put in jeopardy if that was to happen. So I think, you know, particularly in Europe, you're going to see uh, as this crisis unfolds uh, um, and, you know, that uh, the banking system itself becomes in, gets into disarray and it be almost beyond the power of the governments to bail out their banks once again. And um, do you, uh, so how does one position oneself for all of this? Well, you should have positioned yourself, uh, <laughs> you know, a long time ago in uh, the precious metals and uh, I think they're going to continue to do well. I mean, initially when this... Um, when the European crisis really, really comes to a fall with people opting out of the euro, um, you know, the, the currencies there will be like the dollar, you know, will attract money, um, as will um, the Swiss franc. And once the Germans have left the euro, the German mark will attract uh, money. So initially, paper money, you know, there will still be some paper monies that will prove attractive to investors, but the ultimate money, gold, will be the, the main focus of people's uh, attention and where they really want to save themselves from, you know, a, a money that they really can trust. Um, I, I kind of agree. I, I'm, I'm incredibly bullish on gold, despite the, uh, the pullback that we're currently enjoying. I think it's uh, an, a, a correction in an ongoing bull market, although of some concern is the fact that uh, other indices seem to be rising as as, as gold's falling, but let, let's talk about. I, I know you're heavily involved in the junior sector, Ian, and um, what we saw in in 2008 was that uh, although these 
you know, companies were exploring for gold in a funny kind of way. Many, uh, many of these junior companies, are they're like junior financial stocks. Is they, you know, they sink or swim by how much capital they can raise and at what price. And so if you're long junior stocks, you're not necessarily long gold, even if they are exploring for gold. Well, you're not. You're right. I mean, a lot of the juniors that I tend to sort of be attracted to already have gold in the ground assets. So I am long the gold that they have in the ground. Uh, they not may not yet be producing, but they're building an, You know, they're building that asset, which I find very very attractive because um, one doesn't really know. You know where the price of gold is going to go. I mean, the chaos that could ultimately unfold from the world monetary system going into total collapse, as it did, by the way, in the 30s, the chaos that could unfold would mean that basically gold couldn't be had at any price. There just wouldn't be enough to go around for the, to meet the demand. And so any any junior with gold in the ground assets, to me, is a very, very uh, exciting play. And what else? What about uh, government bonds? Do you think one should touch them for their safety value, or do you think one should avoid them like the plague? You should avoid them like the plague, Dominic. We're in a debt crisis, and bonds are simply, you know, debt. And uh, I, I don't know if any government's going to survive this. I, I can't, you know. I mean, I think it starts in the, in in Europe as it did in the in the thirties. But it eventually moves across the Atlantic and it goes into the United States. I mean, they're totally out of control in terms of the debt that uh, the United States is running right now. And and that's what's happened in the 30s. I mean, the whole gold standard system started to collapse. And by the way, the real uh, collapse started when Britain left the gold standard system in September 1931. So I kind of look at Germany as a, as a country that will probably leave the euro sometime around September 2011. But that then stretched across, and, and uh, the run on American gold was so intense that uh, America was forced off the gold standard in 1933. So the whole system, the whole world monetary system, collapsed in that two-year period. Um, so any debt of any nation, I think, is highly suspect i i agree i i think uh governments are incredibly vulnerable at the moment and 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 so they should be quite frankly because they've got far too big and they have far too much power and they abuse that power you know even if it's only through waste uh and 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 they're long overdue a correction and a haircut in my opinion um but <laughs> the um but the, to, speaking to uh, an american gentleman who who shall remain, remain nameless at the weekend but the ceo of a mining company he's just moved his whole family to to europe actually because he's convinced that we're going to see the the breakup of the united states within the next uh, 12 to 24 months uh, and just see various states just declaring themselves independent of the of, of the rest of the country much as um, the soviet union started to fall apart in the late 80s and early 90s you know i you know i, I mean th this thing is going to be so catastrophic i mean it's really hard for me to sort of su suggest how it, how it might end but i mean the, the U.S., the, the states themselves are 
are going through such um, uh, financial problems. I mean, you know, what did uh, Illinois just raise its uh, tax rate, increased it by, I think, 50% and so on. I mean, uh, they just can't make, you know, make that, meet their budget needs. Um, and, um, you know, and therefore the people are not going to stay in Illinois if they've got to pay those kind of taxes to support state, and they're going to be moving out, and I think the governor of Wisconsin was rubbing his hands thinking, yeah, we'll get, you know, we'll get people moving into Wisconsin and so on. So it is it is difficult to, to say, and it's very difficult to see the collapse of the of the mighty United States, but when, you, when you're penniless, I mean, sometimes you have to do sort of so the fairly drastic things. So I, I know just just before um, you started this interview, you were just finishing off on your uh, your piece, making your predictions for uh, twenty eleven. Excuse me, my phone's my fax has just gone off. Um, what what other predictions do you see ahead? I mean, you see some kind of breakup of the euro. What else uh, do we have to look forward to? What about stock markets, for example? Well, you know, just going back to the breakup, you know. I see a collapse, the beginnings of the collapse of the entire world monetary system. That's what I see occurring in 2000. But going to uh, the stock markets, I'm extremely bearish. And by the way, again, using uh, the the parallel with 1931, the 1931, uh, you know, the bear market in the United States started in uh, September 1929 and crashed in October 29. But... uh, the bear market in 1931, in percentage terms, was greater than any loss ever experienced by U.S. stocks up to that point in time. It was about 60% uh, losses experienced in that one year. So I kind of see, again, you know, and if, if you do, you know, you use Elliott Wave as a accountant song, we're definitely in a wave two up at the moment in, in stock prices. Well, the next wave is wave three down, which is always the biggest, longest, and strongest of the waves, and therefore, wave three down, I think, is going to be very, very dramatic, very hurtful to investors, uh, and I'm sure the lows uh, of March 2009 will be taken out. Not necessarily this year. You know, ultimately, the chaos that's going to unfold means that the stock prices are going to be dramatically lower, and I'm you know, I'm still known for Dow 1000 as my ultimate target low. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though. If if you look at the Dow in gold terms, you know, you measure the Dow in gold, we've kind of, we've already had the crash, really. I mean, I still think that the Dow to gold lower ratio is going lower. But, you know, we've kind of had, I don't know, 50 or 60% of the Dow move, if not more. Well, we have, but that's all been essentially in in the gold price mm-hmm. and not in the stock price. And ultimately, the stock prices have to go down too because you know you have to ask yourself why why is the price of gold going up? Why has it been going up since two thousand and one? And you know, most people are sort of sort of saying, well, maybe you know, it's building an inflation scenario, or whatever. No, the gold price is going up because basically the those people who are buying gold are terribly frightened by, you know, an economic, worldwide economic collapse and a worldwide monetary collapse where paper money becomes 
entirely discredited, and people just are, are moving to gold, and now more and more into silver, basically to preserve their wealth and to preserve to to move to an alternate monetary uh, system, really. Mm-hmm. But do you not think you know stock prices are nominally quite high? I mean, I, I, I I'm not sure we'll ever see Dow 1000 because of, just simply because of money printing, because of inflation. We might see the the gold equivalent of Dow 1000. You know, we might see Dow, you know, the Dow gold ratio at one to one, but actual Dow 1000 in U.S. dollars. Well, they're printing, they're printing a lot of money. I, I admit that, Dominic. But the, the real thing is that the, the the actual money supply is not going up. If anything, it's decreasing. I wrote a paper, uh, uh, Inflation versus Deflation, and at the time that I wrote that paper, the N3 money supply in the United States was minus 8%. It had never been negative since the 30s. And so money is coming out of the system is coming out because the debt bubble is unraveling faster than the Federal Reserve can create money. Hmm. So, Ian, how are you positioning yourself? I presume you're you're buying gold stocks that look cheap. You're buying gold on pullbacks. Um, what else? Uh, commodities? Are you are you bullish? Oh, no, absolutely not. I'm a deflationist. I mean, debt. The ultimate. You know, if you look at the U.S. debt, the debt, fifty-seven trillion dollars. Take out the government. Debt, both federal and state and municipal debt. It's still a forty-two trillion dollar debt load that's being carried by consumers, corporations, and the financial sector in the United States. Forty-two trillion dollars. There's absolutely no way that you can get that economy going with that much debt overloaded in the system. And that debt has to come out of the system. That's basically the purpose of the Kondratiev winter: is to is to you know, purge that debt from the economy. And um, that purging is very, very, it's ruthless. I mean, both creditors and, and debtors are basically both bankrupted. So uh, we're going to go through that process. It's going to be very, very, very scary. And uh, I'm 100% basically invested in precious metal stocks and in the, the metals themselves. It's interesting, Ian. Uh, in, you know, the, the Kondratiev cycle is is you know four seasons, and the whole the, the four seasons last, I think, fifty six years. Is that the the ideal length of a Kondratiev cycle? Well, you know, again, I try to disabuse people of that notion um, simply because I don't see the Kondratiev cycle as being this sort of even number of years of cycle. It's not like a GAN twenty year cycle. The Gradius cycle is basically, it's not uh, sort of focused on time, it's focused on events. And because we live longer, and I call it a lifetime cycle anyway, the cycle has been, and because we're on a fiat, a paper money system, the cycle has been uh, basically expanded quite considerably in this, the fourth cycle. But we're still in the winter, we're still in the payback period of the cycle, and uh, debt has to be wrung out of the system. And once that process occurs, and, you know, then we can start the economy refresh with lots of savings and so on in consumers' bank accounts to get the economy going again. And that happens in the spring. 
Excellent. I, I was just, uh, I've just been working on a documentary actually about the economy and, and one of the things I discovered is that uh, in the book of Leviticus, in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, um, they talked about a debt jubilee every 50 years. Now 50 right. years back in Old Testament times would have been a life cycle. So it's, it's uh, another, um, another way of describing the same cycle. Right. Yeah, and we're going through that. It won't be a jubilee where you know debts forgiven. Um, it'll be a, a process where it's going to be very, very difficult on both creditors and debtors. All right. Well, Ian, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's a real uh, pleasure talking to you again. Your uh, last interview was incredibly popular, and I have no doubt that this one will be as well. Um, would you like to give out your website so that people can find out more about you if they'd like to? Sure, thank you, Dominic. It's um, Longwave Group, longwavegroup.com. Excellent, and I'll put a link uh, there onto the home page. And I think you 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 send out a kind of a, a newsletter that people can read, that anyone can read if they sign up for it, don't you? Uh, no, we ours is now a subscription site, but we do put stuff on the site. We do have writings on the site that are available to to all. Readers, we do have gold companies that we, or precious metals companies that we like, listed on the site and uh, and shown on the site for I think for general public. The subscribers get more sort of the factors that uh, you know uh, make their subscription worthwhile to them. Okay, all right. I, I beg your pardon for getting that wrong. And um, but once again, Ian Gordon, thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Dominic. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 